matter is, and I don't know why this is, but Christmas is not always merry and bright for everybody. As a matter of fact, just before service, I was talking to families that are struggling in this season. And, and, and Christmas is not, it's just not always what, what everybody makes it out to be. It's, it is, there, there's a lot of good, hopefully you've shopped. If you haven't shopped yet, I'll see you tonight and tomorrow at Walmart. Come on, everybody. I just, I, matter of fact, I heard on the radio just the other day that there are, I, I forget, what, I think it was Coles and Ross. I forget a couple of, or 24 hours right now. Come on, how many of you need that besides me? You know what I'm talking about. Everybody goes to bed around midnight, and then you go find whatever's left. You'll start giving stuff you didn't even realize. You know, it doesn't even match. It doesn't even fit them. You know what I mean? It doesn't even matter. You're just like, this is all they had. So I, I had to get this for you. And, and all that's a great, and the food's great, and, 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 and the time away is great. But a lot of people struggle this time of year. And, and I don't know why. I think... I think I know there's a couple of reasons. Number one, it could be because you're around the people that make you struggle. Come on, everybody. Like you're around the family, you're around the friend. You sort of, it's all in your face, and the people that cause the heartache sometimes are there around the Christmas time more than they are the rest of the year. Maybe it's disappointments. You kind of look back over your year and you think, man, you know, I wish things would have been different that way, or, or, or you know, I was let down in that situation, or in that relationship, or in that business, or. I thought that I made the right decision there, and it didn't look like we made the right decision. Maybe it's an empty chair at the table this week where there was a family member, a loved one, someone that is close, and now they're not there for whatever reason. Maybe you lost them this year. Maybe this relationship is broken, and so they're not at the table with you this year. Maybe you didn't get as far as you think you would this year. This usually happens to me around this season, and I'll just be transparent with you. It can be depressing. To look over your life and think, man, I thought I'd be further. I thought we'd go further than this. I thought my life would be further along. I thought our relationships would be further. I thought we'd be past that by now. And honestly, a lot of people are haunted by what I call in this season, I don't, I don't know any other way except I just call these the ghosts of Christmas past. You know what I mean? Like the ghosts that sort of haunt you around this season about stuff that happens in your, in your year, in your life. Those ghosts of Christmas past kind of show up in relationships that are broken or, or things that just aren't right or disappointments or letdowns. And man, if you're not careful, that stuff just haunts you like it did in A Christmas Carol. How many of you love A Christmas Carol from Charles Dickens, a classic uh, uh, story there? And, and, and the ghost of Christmas past was the first spirit that visited Ebenezer Scrooge, if you're familiar with the story. And the ghost of Christmas past shows up. And, and takes Ebenezer on a tour of his past. And I won't go through the whole story, but it shows him a lot of heartache in his past. Like, like when, he was, when he was growing up and he was in, this, he was in a school, a boarding school, and he sort of stayed all alone there. Everybody else goes home. Everybody else had a family to go to. Everybody else had a place to go. And, and he didn't. He kind of stayed there. It was just him and his books. And this, this ghost of Christmas past kind of brings to his memory those lonely days of, of being all alone and having no one. And then, and then it sort of takes him on through his life and takes him through, through a relationship breakup. You know, his fiancée, Belle, was her name, left him at Christmas. Come on, everybody. There's no good time to break up, but especially not at Christmas. If he broke up with you at Christmas, it's because he didn't want to buy you anything. That's a fact. I don't care what he told you. He didn't pray about it. This is not God's leading him. He just didn't want to buy you nothing if he broke up with you at Christmas. But he sort of takes Ebenezer Scrooge through, you know, his fiance. That they end the relationship around Christmas. And there's this spirit that haunts him with all the heartache of his past. 
There's this ghost of Christmas past, this, this spirit that comes. And the truth of the matter is, there is no such thing as ghosts. Look them in the eyes. There just isn't. There is no such thing as ghosts. There's nothing there, but you're haunted by the feeling of. Nothing comes and taps you on the shoulder. But you're kind of haunted by what if and what, what could be and why Christmas isn't what it should be in your life. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, man, this is just not the way I thought it was going to go. This is not the kind of Christmas I thought we were going to have. This is not the kind of season. And maybe there's heartache or maybe there's regret or maybe there's mistakes in your past that you look back and you think, man, I wish I would have done that differently or hurt in a relationship or pain or just... You just think, man, I've gotten to the end of the year and I got to Christmas week and I'm staring now at this holiday and I'm so aware of the ghost of my past. I'm so aware of what I've done wrong and what's wrong in my life. Maybe you dealt with these things and maybe you're having a tough time this Christmas season kind of getting in the spirit, being merry and bright and everybody else is, is kind of in it and you're looking around going, I'm trying, guys, I really am. I'm trying to get in the spirit, but honestly, there's just so much haunting me, all that stuff in my past. And, and if that's you today, really, I felt like the Holy Spirit would lead me to, to teach to you today just very briefly about how you deal with that ghost of Christmas past. Like if you're struggling this week to get in the spirit, if the music doesn't do it for you, you love it, but it just it's not, it's not touching you on that soul level. Or, or maybe the sights, or, you know, the lights normally get you in the spirit, but this year you're just struggling through it. Maybe you came today and you think, well, church is the thing that gets me. What, Whatever the thing is, I, just, I want to help you today to get past those ghosts. And really, in the next two days, I want you to approach this holiday differently. I want you to get past your past. There's only a few things you can do. In, in my experience, I think there's only a couple of things that people do with their ghosts of Christmas past. If you're taking notes, write these down. Here's the first one. We can bury it. We can, just sort of, we can just sort of bury it and act like it doesn't happen and, and act like it, it, it didn't go on and just sort of push it down year after year and think, man, maybe this isn't, you know, I, I just, I won't tell anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody else's Christmas. I don't want to be a damper. I'll just bear. Or we'll say things like this. Listen, we'll say time heals all wounds. You ever said something like that? Time will just heal all wounds. I'll just bury this down and time will heal. Look at me in the eyes. Time doesn't heal anything. Only the Holy Spirit can heal your wounds. Time heals absolutely nothing. If you don't deal with it and you just bury it, guess what happens? It comes back to haunt you year after year after year after season after season after season. Proverbs 28 says it like this. He who conceals his hurt or pain or sin or mistake does not prosper, but... This is why I talk to you so much about a connect group, a place where you can get together with somebody and, and confess. But he who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Like you can't just bury that down. It heals nothing. It, you can't just let time go by and expect it to go away. You can't conceal all of that. You can't bury it. I've seen people do the second thing if you're taking notes. I've seen people just beat themselves up about their past. We can bury it, you know, everything that we're feeling and all of this stuff that's sort of compounded in us. Or we can beat ourselves up about it. I've done that plenty in my life. Maybe you're in that sort of space right now where you're blaming you and you think it's you. And, and we beat ourselves up. In the Old Testament, there's a character, if you're familiar with church at all, King David. is, is, is uh, uh, He's just, honestly, he's in the pit of sin. He has cheated on his wife with someone else, and she was married, Bathsheba. Uh, he, so he's in an adulterous situation, and to make a bad situation worse, because that's usually what I do in sin, I usually go from bad to worse. And 
He then takes her husband, the woman he's cheating with, and has him sent to the front of the battle in, in, in battle to ensure that he is killed. He's now an adulterer and a murderer. And he's just down, I mean, I'm, he's just in the middle of it. And this past sort of comes up. You'll find all throughout the Psalms when David would write, he would say, God, help me to, to not remember. God, don't remember my sins again. Like you can just tell he's dealing with these ghosts. They just keep coming back over and over. And he beats himself up about it all the time. Psalm 38, he's in one of those situations where he says, I'm drowning in the flood of my sins. Just beating himself up. They're a burden too heavy to bear because I've been foolish and I'm utterly, look at this, worn out. And I'm crushed. My heart is troubled. Maybe you're in church today and that describes you. In light of the year that you've had, the problems that you're facing, the, 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 the things in your family, the relationship struggle, the struggle with your kids, the struggle in your marriage, the financial trouble, the physical trouble that you're in. You know what David feels when he says, I'm just utterly worn out. And you beat yourself up about where you are. The other thing I think people do with their ghosts of Christmas past, they try to bury it down, they beat themselves up. The other thing they do is just blame everybody else. You, you know anybody like that? Don't point if you know somebody here. But we blame others. And honestly, this is as old as human history, like this is the first story of the Bible, Genesis 3, after God's created everything, Genesis 3, the first story, God goes to Adam and says, hey, who did all of this? Who told you you were naked? What happened here? Everything got, you know, got messed up. God knows. He just wants Adam to confess because you can't conceal. You can't bear. You got to confess it. And so Adam goes, listen, God, I, I'm going to be straight up with you. It was my wife. I love good men that take responsibility like that. Nothing like strong, godly men go, listen, it's the, he actually said this. The Bible says, it's the woman you gave me. <laughs> That's my favorite. I've used that on God a time or two. Not with my wife. No, not with my kids. It's the kids you gave me. It's the job you gave me. It's, it's this is the thing you gave me. I, I don't, I, I'm, it's, it's her fault. It's somebody else's fault. And then God, you can sort of see, uh, you know, in the story, God looks at Eve and goes, well, okay, Adam says it's your fault. And then Eve says this in Genesis 3.13, it ain't my fault, it's the devil's fault. Adam blames Eve, and Eve blames the devil. The serpent deceived me, and then I ate. And listen, if you're going to get past your past, if you're going to bury once and for all the ghost of Christmas past, if you're going to really get past all of that stuff, you're not, listen close, you're not going to have to change your surroundings. Look at me. My goal for you in this message in this Christmas season is not to change everything in your life because I can't do that for you today. But I do want you to change your beliefs. I do, if I can help you in the next 10 or 15 minutes, I want to help you change what you believe because you can bury your ghosts. You can sort of just act like it's not happening and act like I don't and just deal, I'll deal with it next week. Time will heal all of that. Maybe next year will be better. You can blame everybody else. You can say it's her fault, it's my parents' fault. You can go to tell everybody how wrong everybody else is in your life and how they got you in this mess. You can beat yourself up over and over about why things aren't like they should be, why I'm hurting like I am, why what's wrong with me. You can do all of that or, and I know this is going to sound churchy, listen close, but you came to church on Christmas. What would you expect, everybody? I know this is going to sound churchy, but I promise you this is what God told me to tell you. I can't change all of that about your year if I can just get you to believe this. You can do all of that or you can believe what God says.
Or you can believe God again this Christmas. Or you can get to the end of your year with all of that pain, all those ghosts of Christmas past, and all that stuff, and all of that heartache. And I can't change what was. But I'm going to try to get you to change what you to believe about what was. That you can believe God and what God says about you. That you can believe what the Bible says about you. That you can believe what's true about you. Not that you're a failure and you're always going to be. Not that this is the family. that I'm. All, it's always going to be dysfunctional like this. We're always going to have this kind of addiction. It's always going to be our problem. We're always going to be in this mess. I want you to believe God. That there's a better day coming. That in the face of the lies of your ghost of Christmas past. When all that stuff comes to haunt you around this season. That you can go back to God and say, God, tell me what's true about us. Tell me what's true about my life. Let, let me give you a truth. Let me tell you a truth. When all of that stuff comes back, that ghost of Christmas past, all of the year sort of starts haunting you again about what's not right, how things aren't working, how, how tough your situation. Let me tell you what's true about you. 2 Corinthians 5 says it like this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's true about you. And the old has, underline this in your Bible, the old has gone. It's gone. And the new has come. Now listen, I'm, I'm not trying to convince you that your past is gone. It's gone, everybody. The ghost of Christmas past keeps coming to remind you about something that's already gone. It's already been taken care of. It's not real. It's, it's not actually there. It's Ebenezer, wake up. It's not actually happening like you think it's happening. It's not actually haunting you like you feel like it is. When you came to Jesus, He took all of that stuff, your heartache, your past, your mistakes, your pain, your relationships, your struggles, your hurt, your, all of that stuff. He said, I'm going I'm to create a brand new you. Listen, Jesus didn't come to make a better version of you. He came to create a brand new you. And your past is gone. Underline that. Your past is gone. So my, my plan this Christmas for you is not to convince you of that. i got to convince you that it's gone and you can move on. That you can, you, you can believe God again. That you can have faith restored. As a matter of fact, I'm, I, I want to try to help you take some steps in that direction. I'll give you a little teaser in January if you call this church home. I'm starting a brand new series in January. I love my January series. We'll be in 21 days of prayer and fasting together. We meet every morning at 6 a.m. for prayer, Monday through Friday, and then at 9 o'clock on Saturdays for 21 days. We fast together. We pray together. We just get our hearts right. And I'm preaching a message series called One Small Step. I'm going to help you take a small step in the right direction. Every great thing that your year is going to be next year starts with you just believing what I'm telling you today and then taking one small step in that direction. I just want you to, I want you to get past your past and move in that direction. You know the thing I love about the God of the Bible? Listen, if you're new to Christianity, you know the thing I love about the God of the Bible? It's God always uses people with a past to help people get past their past. Let me tell you that again. God always uses people with a sketchy kind of past so that when you bring your past up, God goes, that's no past. I've seen past much worse than your past. I'll help you get past that past. 
I love, matter of fact, when God decided, I'm going to pick somebody to write two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote more of your Bible than any other author under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, when when I'm going to choose someone that I'm going to put the Holy Spirit is going to inspire them to write most of the New Testament, I'm going to use a serial killer named Saul from Tarsus. A serial killer. A persecutor. An executor. He executed at best, at best, he, was, he, he oversaw a genocide. At worst, he was a serial killer. God is looking for somebody that the Holy Spirit can overshadow to help people like you and me get past our past. And he said, I think you'll do. I think I want somebody with a past so sketchy that if anybody else comes with a past, you can help them get past their past. Paul writes it like this, even though, in 1 Timothy, even though I was once a blasphemer, listen, you don't even know the stuff I said about God. And I was a persecutor. And to put it mildly, I was a violent man. I was shown mercy. Because when I was away from God, I don't even know if I realized what I was doing. I was acting in ignorance and unbelief. But the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly. How many of you can say amen to that? When you were far from God, that God's grace was poured out on you. And along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Come on, it's not just grace to overcome, but it's faith to believe again. Faith and grace go hand in hand. Some of you have found grace in Christ, but you haven't found the faith to move past your past. And Paul said, listen, nobody knows like I do what it means to be a violent man and a persecutor and a blasphemer. But here, here is a trustworthy saying. I love because Paul is a pastor. And just like me, he has to stand up in a Christmas message and try to convince you to believe the thing I'm telling you. This is a trustworthy saying, Paul said, that deserves full acceptance. In other words, if you'll believe this, everything will change this Christmas. I don't have to convince you. Listen, it's true. Your past is already gone. I just got you. I got to get you to fully accept it. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save people like us with a past. That Christ Jesus came to help people like us who are hurting and broken and messed up and come to Christmas. With all of our stuff, well, how do I do it? What do I do? How do I get past my past? Let me give you two quick ways. Write these down. The first thing you got to do, you got to stop trying to earn the forgiveness of God. You got to stop trying to earn what God can do for you. I meet people all the time who are good Christian, godly people who feel like every single week of failure, I've done it again. I've messed up again. Here I am again. If I just work harder, do more, give more, show up more, pray more, fast more, if I just do more, then maybe I can earn what God's already given me. You cannot earn. We even do this at Christmas. Let me, let me prove it to you. You ready for this? Sing along. Everybody sing along. You better watch out. You better not. You better not pout. You are going to go to hell. That's what we do. That's not really in there. (laughs) Same thing. 
Same thing. Santa Claus is coming. I'm going to go to hell. There it goes. Jesus is coming back. Same exact tune. Jesus is coming. I'm messed up. I'm going to go to hell. I don't know what I'm going to do with all of this. Listen, Ephesians says it like this. It's by grace you have been saved. It's nothing you can do of yourselves. It's the gift of God. You can't earn it. There's no works so that nobody here can boast that you did it on your own. It's just because God's grace found you right where you were. You don't have to earn any of that. And then the second thing, write this down. you got to allow God to turn your past, your year, your 2018, into good. you got to allow God to turn it. That same Paul, that same writer who had a terrible past, messed up, visited by the ghost of Christmas past. He said this in Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things, that all things... That in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. God, I don't know why I had the year that I had, but I believe that you are going to use this for my good. It wasn't good coming, but it will be good going out. It wasn't good when I lived through it the first time, but it's going to be used for my good as I leave it behind. you got to allow God to do that. This Christmas, listen close, I'm done. This Christmas, you're going to have to look at the, the ghost of Christmas past. And here, here's, the, here's the big idea, and, and then we'll pray. The big idea for you this Christmas that I really felt like, I, I felt like God wanted me to tell you is, is when you look at your past, when you look at all the stuff, when you look at all the hurt, you look at all the pain, you, you look at all of the heartache, you look at all of the stuff that you've dealt with. Listen, no, no, nobody move, just look at me in the eyes. Listen, some of you are dealing with excruciating pain today in your family, in your relationship, in your marriage, with your kids, maybe in your body, maybe depression or anxiety, and there's stuff haunting you today. And here you are facing Christmas, trying to get merry and bright, trying to be joy to the world, but I feel so lost. And I feel so hurt and broken this year. I want to smile and I want to sing and I want it to be well, but I don't know how... These ghosts keep showing up. God told me to tell you, you don't need forgiveness. You need faith. You don't need forgiveness. He's already forgiven you. You just need faith. You don't need forgiveness. You need faith to believe God again. God's got you. That you can get through this. That He's with you. He cares for you. It was December the 7th, 1914, and Pope Benedict suggested that there would be a temporary hiatus to the First World War, what what was then called the Great War. The war to end all wars, unfortunately, did not. And he said, we need to end it because of Christmas. And so the warring countries refused to create this official ceasefire. They didn't want... Sort of to say, you know, the war's over. It had just begun five months ago. But the Pope says, I, 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 I think we need to have a ceasefire. Just It's Christmas. And, and so on Christmas Day, true story, on Christmas Day, the soldiers in the trenches on either side of what's called no man's land, the allies on one side, enemy on the other, and, and they created their own unofficial truce. It's actually called, you can study it, the Christmas truce of 1914. 
at the first light of dawn. It was Christmas morning, December the 25th, and there's some German soldiers that emerged out of their trenches, and they started walking across no man's land. And they had learned a phrase in the native language of the Allies, and they were screaming, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. At first, the Allied soldiers in their trenches are thinking this has got to be a ploy. There's got to be some, you know, there's, there's got to be something they're, they're, they're using. But, but when they sort of peeped over the trenches, they noticed the Germans weren't carrying any weapons. They were unarmed. And so the Allies began to climb out of their trenches and meet the Germans in no man's land. They shook hands. They exchanged gifts. They exchanged food. They had plum pudding. Come on, everybody. Even in war, you can have dessert. Come on, somebody. Some of the soldiers used this short-lived ceasefire. Listen close. To be able to retrieve the bodies of their fellow soldiers who had fallen in no man's land. And maybe that's where you are today. You just feel like, man, I don't know if anybody knows where I'm at. Here I am right in the middle and here I am kind of feeling left and alone and I don't know and heartache and, and stuff and ghosts. And I'm calling a Christmas truce today. Like the Christmas truce of 1914. It just came only five months after the war had broken out and it was the worst war that the world had ever seen. Europe is entrenched in this and it seems like the last notion of chivalry between enemies. It's never been repeated. There have been uh, attempts uh, during the holiday season for ceasefires, but the, the officers were scared and, and it just it never happened again. But it served on that one day to prove that the soldiers needed more. They just needed, it's Christmas and I need healing. And they had faith to step out of the trenches into no man's land and to move forward and the war on the outside listen close had not stopped the war was still raging it's still going on but listen listen, look at me it was quiet on the inside for just a few moments the war was raging all around them but on the inside there was quiet there was peace there was a Christmas truce and my prayer for you this Christmas my deepest prayer for you Maybe I can't fix the war on the outside that's raging in your life, your work, your finances, your family, the hurt, pain, the ghosts of Christmas past. But I hope if for just a moment that you would have peace on the inside, that the war would quiet down on the inside, you'd be able to find peace again. Starting on Christmas Eve, Late in the night, as, as sort of time began to turn into Christmas Day, true story, before the Germans ever left their trenches, they were sort of testing the waters, and they sang this song. They would sing quietly, silent night, holy night. And the war all around them was raging. But for thousands of soldiers on the inside, the war had gotten quiet. And my hope for you this Christmas is that the war gets quiet.